Welcome back, Fight Fans. Welcome back. Let's just dig right into it. Welcome into the weekly edition of the IBFP's weekly podcast. And, you know, we're just going to break down a few of the trending topics, what's going on in the boxing world today. And, you know, one of the things we're going to touch on is going to be Deontay Wilder losing to Tyson Too Fast Fury. Now, you know, that was an excellent matchup, as you know. You know, and I actually predicted that, you know, Deontay Wilder would lose to Tyson Fury by knockout. And, you know, if you haven't checked out our YouTube channel at IBFP on YouTube, go check it out. Follow us on Twitter, you know, at at IBFP Boxing. Uh, And, you know, at the end of the day, I knew that Tyson Fury was going to win the rematch by knockout. And the reason why I made that prediction was simply because I saw all the signs in the first fight. Look at the first fight between Wilder and Fury and just really analyze it. If you really look at it and and dig deep, you'll see that Deontay Wilder was getting hit with clean shot after clean shot after clean shot. Tyson Fury literally could take whatever shot on Wilder he really wanted to. Another thing that I noticed in that fight is that Tyson Fury got Deontay Wilder's respect. You know, after Wilder knocked him down late in the fight, Fury got up, hit him with a few hard shots and got his respect. I think Fury knew that he had the power to back him up. Adding extra weight, putting on, uh, you know, a lot more weight, having about 270 pounds of full body mass, leaning on Deontay Wilder the entire fight, exhausted him. And not only that, Deontay Wilder, you know, arguably came in making one of the dumbest decisions you can make as a fighter, uh, you know, preparing for a rematch. Instead of making adjustments in ring, this guy was making adjustments by simply putting on 18 pounds of weight. He came in 17 and a half pounds heavier than he has ever come into any championship level fight. And that makes no sense. That's not what Deontay Wilder should have been doing. He was over 230 plus pounds. And it makes no sense. Why come in so heavy to Tyson Fury fight when you saw that you were gassed in the first fight? He put on that extra weight thinking that if Fury leaned on him, he'd be a lot stronger. He put on that weight thinking that, hey, he'll be able to hurt Fury with a massive power shot. And it only exhausted him. You don't put on that type of muscle. Only thing Deontay Wilder needed to do in the rematch was establish a jab, a clear and concise jab to keep Fury from backing him down, walking him down, backing him up, because Wilder cannot fight on the back foot. So the fact that Deontay Wilder didn't put together a jab, the fact that Wilder didn't have a a backup plan coming into this fight shows the cockiness and arrogantness of Deontay Wilder. And, you know, you you also see the fights that he had leading up to, to preparing for this, you know. Uh, Dominic Brazil, that was a mandatory obligation. So, you know, I'll kind of give him a pass on that. But at the same time, when you look at a Luis Ortiz, you're, you're fighting a guy who's 4,000 years old. Fighting Luis Ortiz does nothing for fighting a guy like Tyson Fury. And this is why. You're fighting a guy who's prone to gassing out. You're fighting a guy who you pretty much know is going to gas out. So why would you, at the end of the day, fight him? It makes no sense. It, it, it really makes no sense. Because if you're fighting, you know, Luis Ortiz, what is that going to do for you? What is Luis Ortiz, who's going to gas out, going to do for you if you're Deontay Wilder? It's going to do nothing. You need to be prepared for a long, hard, grueling fight. And then when he fought Luis Ortiz, he literally lost every single round into the knockout. See, that's the problem with being a one-trick pony. What are you going to do when you face a guy, you know, that's not going to gas out? What are you going to do when you face a guy that takes you the full distance? What are you going to do? And in the rematch, what what did he do when he was walked down? Literally, no one has walked Deontay Wilder down before because a lot of people don't realize there's two types of fighter Deontay Wilder has never fought. He's never fought a pressure fighter, 
And Deontay Wilder has also never fought a fighter, you know, who's a big elite level puncher. A lot of people are saying, well, you know, Luis Ortiz was a big puncher. That's a myth. And let me explain to you why. Luis Ortiz has never knocked out uh, an elite level opponent. Luis Ortiz has, you know, um, best win was against Brian Jennings years ago. At the end of the day, that guy was an elite. And, you know, Luis Ortiz has never been a world champion. He turned down the Anthony Joshua fight. Luis Ortiz is just a publicity-built boogeyman. He, he's not an actual boogeyman because if he was, when he got offered the $7 million to fight Anthony Joshua, which would have been a career-high payday, and more than he got for the Wilder fight, he would have taken that offer, and he simply didn't do that. At the end of the day, when you look at it, you see that Luis Ortiz is a very good and solid fighter, but no means is he a big puncher. Uh, he outboxed Deontay Wilder, but who else has outboxed Deontay Wilder? Eric Molina outboxed him. Arthur Spilka. Gerald Washington. So you see that other fighters have had success boxing Deontay Wilder. It's just simply none of these guys have the power to get the guy out of there. Tyson Fury is not even a huge power puncher, and he backed him up, walked him down, and stopped him. And you know what? There was a lot of controversy going on about Deontay Wilder's suit, and I'll put it like this. Deontay Wilder, at the end of the day, you know, you can't make excuses. And he's he's, he's not showing that he's a, he's a gracious in defeat as he is in winning because, you know, he, he's making excuses. He's, he's sitting up here crying and, and moaning, saying the suit was too heavy. But then he turns around and he's exposed because a few years ago on a Joe Rogan podcast, he was exposed for showing that, hey, I wear a 45-pound vest in training every single day. But you can't wear a, a five-pound lighter suit to the ring from the locker room to the ring. It makes no sense. It's an obvious and blatant excuse uh, he typically, you know, Deontay Wilder, he's never fought a fighter where, you know, he would be at a disadvantage as far as being able to, you know, being the most feared guy in the ring. I think he fears Tyson Fury at this point. I think he knows that Tyson Fury is a dangerous fighter. So his mental fortitude at this point, I don't know what Deontay Wilder is thinking. I don't know if he can overcome this and bounce back because the first thing that happens is he's going to need to be able to make an adjustment in the rematch. And his trainers, Mark Breland and Jay Diaz, these guys have not made any significant adjustments throughout his whole career. Is Deontay Wilder even coachable? Is he even able to listen to those, you know, those guys in his ear to try to get him to change and try to make an adjustment? All of these things are huge. Now you've recently had Floyd Mayweather coming out saying that, hey, he'll train Deontay Wilder for the right price. If Deontay Wilder pays him, he can guarantee a victory and train him for the right price. Here's the problem with that. You know, Floyd Mayweather Jr. is not a trainer. Floyd Mayweather Sr. is a trainer. We don't know what Floyd Mayweather can do as a trainer. You know, you've seen with Floyd giving advice to guys like Jaleon Love, he got beat. You see Floyd Mayweather giving advice to guys like Badu Jack. He got beat. And these guys are getting beat in the biggest fights of their careers. So, you know, Floyd Mayweather, I think he was one of the best fighters of all time. But as far as giving true coaching advice, I don't know if he's that guy. I think at the end of the day, you know, when you look at it, Deontay Wilder needs to look out for trainers like Virgil Hunter, uh, even Abel Sanchez. I think Abel Sanchez would make for an excellent trainer for Deontay Wilder because he'll teach Deontay Wilder how to establish a clear, concise, strong, and thudding jab, similar to what Triple G had. When Triple G had a thudding jab, he was one of the best fighters, if not the best fighter in the division. That's what he needs. 
He needs that type of uh, all-discipline, no-nonsense type of coach, the type of coach that'll get him in there, to get him to work, to get the best out of him, the type of coach that'll go in there and demand success from Deontay Wilder, demand focus, you know, demand quality, demand adjustments. If one thing isn't working, you need to be able to go to something else. You understand that Deontay Wilder's not going to learn how to box overnight. But one thing that he can learn is how to jab and how to move his feet. Those are two things that shouldn't be enormously difficult for a guy who's been pro as long as Deontay Wilder has. You know, at the end of the day, Deontay Wilder has seen flashes of his jab against a guy like Romain Chaverne in their first fight. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Deontay Wilder use his jab in the rematch with Tyson Fury. I think that would be his best chance to try to set up a knockout and get a victory. He's not going to win a decision over Tyson Fury. And if he doesn't knock him out, he simply doesn't win. And if Tyson Fury walks him down again, it's going to be over very quickly. Deontay Wilder needs one major adjustment, and that adjustment is going to be his jab. His jab is his best line of defense, and his jab is going to be his best line of offense. So I think that it makes a lot of sense that he gets with the guy who can teach him how to use his jab and to make it a thudding and strong jab, and then he can use that right hand behind that jab. But, you know, a lot of people don't understand that about boxing, that, you know, you need to be able to make adjustments. Tyson Fury has put out the blueprint on how to beat Deontay Wilder, and you don't have to be a puncher to do it. You have to sit down on your shots. You even have to exhaust Deontay Wilder, and I think that's the biggest thing. Exhaustion is what cost him the knockout. Not that Fury was such a hellacious puncher, but two things, really. It was the fact that Wilder was very, very tired from having all that extra body weight, from also having Fury leaning on him, putting his body weight, and also the fact that Fury got so many clean and easy shots on Wilder. Those those shots take a toll. Not to mention that, you know, Tyson Fury was digging to the body, and when you dig to the body, there's a price to pay. Deontay Wilder never made him pay a price for digging to his body. There's a lot of adjustments to make. There's not a lot of time, and so Deontay Wilder has to choose his next steps very carefully. I haven't seen any true changes in his coaching staff, but if he's smart, he'd at least get an outside presence to come in to help him learn something new. Because if he come in with the same attitude, like, oh, I'm just going to win the rematch the same way, you know, I win all these other fights, then he's making a, a, a crucial and fatal mistake, a fatal flaw, because he won't beat Tyson Fury doing the same thing he's been doing. But once again, unbiased, that's always just the IBFP.